0: Coming up on the Shelley Irwin Show podcast today, we discuss the verdict in the Jennifer Crumbly case with Cooley law professor Tanya krause Phelan. We talk about the Kids Free Trip to Africa program offering a Black History Month essay contest. It's tax time and preparers on behalf of the AARP Foundation are offering sites around West Michigan to help those who qualify. It's National School Counselors Week, highlighting the vital contributions that school counselors across Michigan have made to students' academic journey. And art is alive and well in Ada Township. We discuss upcoming activities, including a dinner taste party at Mudpenny, art night, and progressive tastings.
1: Let's discuss the verdict in the Jennifer Crumbly case. Cooley Law Professor Tanya kraus Falen with the conversation. Good morning to you, Professor Tanya.
2: Good morning. Always a
1: pleasure to speak with you. And, of course, I know your pulse uh, is on not only uh, uh, national, if not international, cases such as this, but what's happening in our own backyard. And thank you for teaching uh, your skills to future lawyers. Oh, it's, it's,
2: it is a privilege to teach um, the future generation of lawyers.
1: Let's get into this conversation, uh, making uh, for sure national headlines. This uh, Jennifer Crumbly case, soon a James Crumbly case, perhaps. We've uh, known of the Ethan Crumbly case as well with that conviction. What's your reaction, Jennifer, to Jennifer Crumbly's verdict?
2: Well, my initial reaction is I'm not surprised at the verdict. Um, The prosecutors came at this case very strong with two alternate theories of guilt. One being that the mother was grossly negligent um, in her duty to her child, Uh, but the other was that she failed to perform a legal duty, uh, in that duty being to the public, to protect the public from her son that she knew had mental illness. And there was So much emphasis placed on the struggles that young Ethan was having, um, what became known to the school officials, and to some degree what was known by she and um, the father. So I'm not surprised that those facts persuaded the jurors um, to convict under the two theories of guilt they were presented with. Yes,
1: and remind me what uh, involuntary manslaughter uh, pertains to.
2: Well, involuntary manslaughter, generally speaking, is a homicidal crime, but it's one that does not require any intent to kill or intent to cause harm. It's a form of homicide that looks at a defendant's grossly negligent conduct that causes somebody to die.
1: Were you surprised that Jennifer Crumbly took the stand?
2: You know, uh, having practiced criminal defense for about 17 years before I started teaching, there's a general rule among most defense lawyers that it's usually not a good idea for a defendant to take the stand, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Not that you want to hide information from the jury, of course, but the juries always look at defendants a little bit more skeptically than they do other witnesses, right, because they think, oh, you know, their their freedom is on the line. And so they might be more inclined to tell an untruth. And the other reason that it's usually not a good idea is they're then subjecting themselves to cross-examination from a skilled, trained lawyer. And even the best Uh, defendants, even the ones who were not guilty of a crime, can fall under the pressure of a withering cross-examination. So generally speaking, it's not a great idea. However, in this particular case, the way the case was coming together for the prosecution, I'm not surprised that the defense team and or Jennifer felt it necessary for her to talk to the jury what did she know what did she understand why did she do what she did and why did she not do more and so in that respect I think it was necessary for her to testify
1: Yes, obviously, uh, much of the take-home message from this particular trial, and perhaps if, if James uh, does uh, go forward with uh, the trial against crumbley was notable—a first-time uh, parent in the U.S. What was held criminally responsible for a child school shooting?
2: Yes, that's that's one of the reasons that this garnered so much attention, not just nationally but internationally. And I think one of the things that that will come from this. Uh, A lot of people have been asking me, is this precedent? Does it mean that they can now start charging other parents um, for school shootings? And I wanna answer that in a couple of different ways. First and foremost, when we talk about legal precedent, we're talking about a court decision from the state's highest court or an appellate court or legislative authority. And right now, that's not what we have from this verdict. However, does it set practical precedent? And that's what we're really going to keep our eye on because now prosecutors and law enforcement and school officials, they're going to be looking, and and I hope there's never another school shooting ever, but in the event that there is, I think school officials, prosecutors, and law enforcement are really going to start handling the investigations a little bit differently, right? They're going to be looking at, whether or not the parents um, took care of the gun properly. Did they keep it safe? What's the relationship between the children and the parent? Did they know if there were any problems mentally or emotionally that this child was struggling with? So I think we're going to start seeing prosecutors be a little more emboldened in how they, at the very least, investigate whether they should prosecute parents of a child who's a school shooter.
1: Do you anticipate an appeal?
2: Absolutely. And it's important for everyone to understand that because um, Jennifer went to trial, she has a right to appeal her conviction. And because this is a, is a case of first impression and because there were a lot of legal challenges and arguments and uh, pre-trial rulings, I suspect there are some legal bases for an appeal as well. So absolutely, I would expect her to appeal.
1: There is an anticipated uh, trial for James Crumbly. What do you anticipate here?
2: Well, I think we're going to see much of the same information. Now, that's assuming that he goes to trial, right? right? So one of the things people have been wondering, is it likely now that James will try to negotiate a plea? And remember, the prosecutor is the only authority in our legal system that has the authority to decide if there's a plea agreement. Mm -hmm. Now, judges can decide whether they'll accept a plea agreement or not, but the prosecutor is the person with the power to offer a plea agreement. So I don't know if those kind of discussions are already beginning or if they're ever going to happen, but let's assume James goes to trial. I expect we're going to see much of the same evidence um, but it's a whole different jury and a whole different defense team. So it could look different on several different fronts. And what will be interesting to watch is, as we know from Jennifer's trial, she she pushed the responsibility of the security and locking of the firearm on James. So I think that's one of the things we're going to be watching for how that evidence comes out in James's trial.
1: Professor Tanya Kraus-Phalin, are you bringing this case up in class?
2: Absolutely. in in a couple of different ways, I, I always like to have my students at various stages of the educational uh, progress uh, review things they've learned in previous classes. So I use it as a really good way to review the elements of involuntary manslaughter and um, I'm also teaching a storytelling, cl- legal storytelling class right now. And so we've taken a look at how the prosecutor, prosecutor and defense lawyer did their closing arguments and the elements of storytelling that they used. So it's, it's been a fascinating learning tool as well. Good. like
1: to be a fly in your back row. Maybe we'll do that one time. How do we find out more about Cooley Law School and your good work?
2: Oh, thank you. And you're welcome in my class anytime, Shelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for more information, please visit our website at www.cooley.edu or you can email me directly, Tanya krause phelan at Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E, P-T at Cooley.edu. Thanks
1: for the important conversation. Take care.
2: Thanks, Shelly. Bye-bye. Two things
1: in life, death. And taxes. There we are. It is tax season. We talk about it with those who are involved. Those means you, Sam Helm. Rick, let's bring you up to the table. You are the AARP Foundation tax aid guru. You, of course, district coordinator with the foundation. Lots to talk about. And of course, taxes, one of our uh, biggest uh, take home messages. G- Sam, I'm glad you're here.
3: Thank you. This is timely. Interview. <laughs> it is a timely
1: interview, as uh, most of us by now have uh, all the uh, the paperwork ready to go, and then, of course, we go. Tell me more about you, Sam, and your role.
3: Um, I'm the district coordinator, which doesn't mean I'm the best tax preparer in the bunch, though I'm
1: working on it. I was, was going to say you were, but oh, that's oh, okay. Oh, well,
3: working on that. But um, we have AARP Foundation's got eight sites, and we, we range all the way up from Montague down to Holland. There's a companion our cousins, the VITA program, um, run differently, but um, very similarly. Many of us help it both. And they have nine sites all in Grand Rapids. Um, there's a lot of sites, and it's all free. People don't realize it's free.
1: No, thanks to uh, AARP, AARP. So this is AARP Foundation Tax Aid, free tax prep services. You mentioned the sites. Who exactly are you serving?
3: Um, well, the mission is free tax service for those who need it most. Well, let's define that. Yes. We don't turn anybody away, and that's the biggest difference between us and the VITA program. We don't turn uh, and anyone. And the what program? The VITA, the other free tax program. Yeah, um, And I really can't speak for them, but I help them too. I volunteer there also. So um, uh, the question, let's see, we were at. Yeah, who who you all mean, serve. You're
1: serving. No one's yeah. turned away. Average
3: household, yeah. AGI. Um, Average household AGI last year was 25,000, I think. Now, the VITA program does have limits. Um, um, adjusted household can't be a certain amount. The ARP does not. Um, but most of the people we serve are the ones you'd expect the people lower income or the elderly or both. Yeah, Thank you for that. Here's the blunt question. Do you need to be a member of AARP to use this? No, and the volunteers don't need to be members either. A lot of them are, but um, it's sponsored by AARP Foundation, but um, no requirements. We will serve anybody that our tax training
1: has prepared us for. Nice service. Thank you. Let's dig into who are these volunteers. Oh, my goodness. It's a, um, a very broad group of
3: um Let's see, I've got ex-high school principals, accountants, nurses, truck drivers. Um, If you aren't afraid of a computer, we'll teach you how to do taxes.
1: Would I ask then, do you need volunteers?
3: We always do, but this year it's too late to get trained as a tax preparer because we've been working on it since end of September. Yeah, with the new people. And you t- it, it, we're so embroiled in doing the taxes right now, we don't, wouldn't have the time to train. However, I sure could use a couple IT people. Um, and I'd love names of people who'd like to help
1: us next year. Good, appreciate that. You are certified by the IRS. Expand yeah. on to that.
3: Yeah, each year, wow. every preparer, both us and VITA, have to pass the test, and it changes a little bit each year because the tax changes each yes. year. Um,
1: we have to pass yeah. tests, and we study hard for them. Um, and it is IRS certified. Yeah. So your volunteers uh, are required to take yeah. this advanced test, not just the basic. Right. Um, well, uh, you're, you're well uh, certified and trained for sure. Do you, don't, you, you don't sneak in and do taxes yes. for this. No. <laughs> well, pretty important. Thank you for that. Do you also use volunteers in other ways? Oh, yeah. The,
3: when people first walk in, there's the greeters and the intake people, and they help you get organized and get everything in order so that when they hand you over to the preparer, it's time efficient and you can get a lot done. And they are so crucial. And you don't have to have tax preparation experience in that. And we can always, this year it'd be a little hard to train again because we're already immersed right. in it. But man, I'd love to have some names for next year. Mm, nice.
1: Do most people. Let me think about some back behind the scenes questions. Do most people get refunds? Well, last time I looked, I think about two thirds
3: of the ones that we have served have. It all depends on their personal situation, and we can't tell them until they come in and let us work on it. The big is funny how people will walk in and they will say, "I'm here for the Michigan credits." Uh, they know that the, the federal, they're not going to get anything, but the word is spread that the, the money's hidden, as we say, in the okay. Michigan credits, the property tax credit and the heat credit. And
1: if you don't file, you don't get it. Yes. Sam Helmrich with us, district coordinator, AARP Foundation, tax aid. Yep, talking all things taxes and help for you, thanks to the foundation. All right, who should file? Everybody.
3: AARP Foundation believes that if you don't file, even if you're not getting anything back, Mm -hmm. you don't. It's your best way of finding out if someone's been using your Social Security number. Um, But again, people don't always need to file, but they should file because you don't get those Michigan credits unless you file. And there's other credits, child tax credits, up just going through Congress and changing. And earned income has become a big deal. And if you don't file, you don't get it Mm -hmm. now a lot of
1: people don't have to file but they everyone should file yes thank you for that all right um let me get into uh, more specifics how do people actually get tax appointments so you're ready to go you've got your volunteers how am i going to get helped Okay. Each site has got its own phone number. Um, and I, I, th- I was told by your producer, Shelley, that you'll have those posted on your website. I think whatever Joe says he'll, he'll get, we'll talk right. about those numbers. Some sites I know filling up, right? Oh, yes. The, uh, Wyoming site's almost full. But the
3: library, the main library downtown, that fancy old wonderful Ryerson Great building. history. And they give us the old reading room. I mean, I swear we all need to dress up to go do taxes there. But um, we have added a whole bunch of new preparers, and we have a 1,000 spots
1: open yet. Yeah. Nice. Come on down. If we're going to use this service, uh, are there other things to be aware? Well,
3: Yeah. Remember, we're all volunteers. Really, every person you will run into is a volunteer. They could be in Florida, they could be playing pickleball, but they are donating a good part of their winter to help with this. So treat accordingly. Um, be patient. Be kind. We're volunteers. We're doing the best we can. But when you make an appointment, yes. don't make an appointment before you know you've got all your paperwork. You know, because you know you know what has happened in the past, and some some people know that, oh, I'm never going to get that form till the end of March. Don't make an appointment before that because you don't want to have to come back and we don't want to sacrifice another slot Mm -hmm. um, for that. So make sure when you make an appointment it's safely past where you know you're going to have all your paperwork. Oh, um, well, let's see. Oh, I'll, and don't oh, be a no-show. Oh,
1: please don't be a no-show.
3: Um, it's so discouraging. Our people, like I said, wow. have been training since September. We're sitting there mm-hmm. um, we're giving up a good part of our winter, and people just don't come. So, um, so if you, for some reason, can't, you've made an appointment somewhere else because you could get in sooner or whatever, mm-hmm. and please call. Remember to call the other places that you might have made appointments and cancel. Then those, those spots can open up to other people.
1: Here we are, still early February. How long will this go on? Well, we go right up to April 15th, that magic date. And, and do uh, remind me of the magic date. April 15th is a what this year?
3: Oh, I think it's a Monday. It a Monday. It's a little different each year depending upon Washington, D.C. holidays and whatever. So okay. it's often the 17th, but we think of it as April 15th.
1: So April 15th is a Monday in this 2024. I'm writing down here, taxes due. always
3: writing it in her notebook. I, Remember,
1: know, taxes. Yeah, <laughs> know, sometimes I, I do that. Go to work. Oh, no, we don't get that specific. <laughs> All right, Um. so bottom line, take home message, you still could use some IT help uh, as a volunteer. Uh, always. Um, but
3: right now what we need is filling up those spots at the Grand Rapids Main Library and some of the other sites for these volunteers who have given an awful lot already to be ready to do taxes.
1: One more time, best resource for me to find out more information? Um, I've told by your producer that they will have the phone numbers for all eight of our sites posted on Shelley's website. Great. And, and of course, AARP Foundation yes. for more information as yes. well. Yes. Sounds good. All right, Uh We'll call you Sam Helmrich. Thank you for your, uh, were you a, in, are you a CPA? Or why is this no, so important to you? I was a
3: nurse. I was a realtor.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, we come from everywhere. That is kind of what, what life's all about. Thank you for this uh, uh, opportunity to uh, make with those needing help and those giving help on behalf of AARP Foundation. Happy Tax Day to you. Bye-bye. Get right into next my next conversation because he's speaking to us from Tanzania. Oh my word, Paul Allen Billings. He's a big deal. He's an alum of Muskegon Heights, founder, of course, GM president of WUVS one oh three point seven The Beat, the leading urban radio station in Muskegon. Paul Allen Billings, good morning.
4: Good morning from uh Darcelan, Tanzania. My goodness, what's the weather like there? It's a beautiful ninety degrees outside. <laughs>
1: oh, that's wonderful. Well, I could certainly spend time on how you are spending uh, your times there, but I want to bring it back uh, to our local conversation. My headlines read, The Kids Free Trip to Africa Program announces a Black History Month essay contest. First of all, uh, before we get into that, tell me about The Beat.
4: The Beat is a uh, community radio station, uh, like the one that you're on, uh, nonprofit. And uh, one of the first LPL film stations in the country uh, that with an urban format, we've been around. We're celebrating 22 years coming up on I think it's 20 21st of this uh, of this month, and um, we we actually have a couple of stations in Muskegon that we run. But we are the voice, definitely the voice of the Lake Shore when you come down to the urban community. Very popular uh, local content, local on-air personality. And we deal with local issues, so it's um, been uh, my baby for a while, and we're, we're striving.:
1: Nice, and yet obviously the community, as you mentioned, important to you in, in other ways. The beat, in partnership with local education and alums, celebrate black history through a unique contest. What's happening?
4: So we've been taking kids to Africa for the past six years, I believe it is, six, seven years, and this program uh, has been been able to get over 30 kids, 30 uh, underprivileged kids who have never left the country, never had a passport. Uh, who have been doing good in school, and, uh, and each year we, we we take kids over there. We take care of the passport, visa, hotel, round trip, everything is paid for. And so this year we wanted to add a little bit more spark to the conversation. We wanted to add some Black history and some education, and and kind of make them earn. Even though they are mostly all the kids we take and always been unrolled students, but we wanted to add a little bit more incentive there. Um, and, and so we teamed up with a local artist. A author uh, who graduated from Muskegon Heights, Tracy Bruce, who wrote a beautiful book that deals with black history and kind of broke everything down into many lessons. And so um, the, the top three from uh, the junior and senior class who complete the essay, the top three will get a free trip to Africa with us in June.
1: It's wonderful. Yes, Tracy. Tracy Bruce's seminal work, Systems That Shape... Black America, 40 Mini Lessons Outlying Defining Moments from Slavery to Modern Day and Important to Read. All right. So how do your kids enter the contest?
4: So they're Muskegon Heights kids, Muskegon Heights Public School kids. The whole class, uh, thanks to our sponsors, we were able to buy books. Mm. And uh, and they were personally autographed by Tracy Bruce for the whole junior and senior class. So everybody would be participating. Uh, We have Reed Muskegon as um, one of the judges. Tracy Bruce would be one of the judges. And then the school system would be providing a judge for us.
1: And of course, uh, what are you asking kids to write about?
4: What did they learn from this book? How did this book impact their life? You know, it deals with a lot of our history, good, bad, everything. Uh, but unfortunately, Muskegon Heights uh, and, and, and that school district—they don't teach Black history, and so this would be some of these kids' first time dealing with Black history in the classroom, uh, in the essay setting. What did you learn? And hopefully, it would click on some light bulb. Hopefully, they would—they would learn something new that they never heard of before.
1: I trust a trip to Africa would change a life. <laughs> mm.
4: It is. It's life changing. Yeah. Uh, so many images people have uh, of of Africa, uh, but when you get there, it it just changed your whole perception. I'm sitting in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. When people think of Tanzania because I do own a safari company here.
5: Okay. People think
4: of animals. Yeah. Oh. People think of animals. Yeah. And but. I'm in the city. It's like New York. You probably hear horns blowing in the background, I did. even though yeah, it's a bunch of horns. Even though I'm on the tenth floor in a condo <gasps> overlooking the city, <laughs> you, it's, nice. it's a booming city life.
1: <laughs> good, good. Well, uh, and yet, uh, hopefully, there's a lion or two that uh, that you uh, you share with us. You you are changing life uh, lives, Paul Allen Billings. So, what's the deadline for uh, the entry?
4: Well, they started already. The kids oh, have started already, and by the end of the month, they will be they will be completed with their uh, essay. Uh, they started reading the book, and the book is only forty lessons, so it, it's it's only it's going to take them maybe five days to read the book, at max. And so right. they'll complete their essay uh, shortly toward the end of the month, and then we're going to make the announcement first week of March on who are the three kids who will be going with us to uh, to Accra, Ghana, where I'm a chief at. And I'm uh, mm. looking forward And these kids see so much in about eight days that uh, it is life changing. Yes. The whole process itself, leaving the country, getting a passport, getting a yellow fever, getting on the plane, arriving, going through immigration, and then going through the slave castles, going through, mm. you know, go through the uh, the last bath. We take the kids to uh, W.E.D. the Bois Museum uh, who people, most people don't know that W.E.D. Du Bois died in Ghana, even though he was the first black man to graduate from Harvard. Uh, he, he was played an integral role and started some of our civil rights organizations. Uh, he died in Ghana because of, uh, America, uh, the way they treated him. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of history to learn and, and they would learn that while they're in Ghana.
1: Your passion evident, as is your leadership, and as is the beat, WUVS 103.7. Kids Free Trip to Africa program, uh, this Black History Month essay contest in full swing. Once those uh, um, winners are selected, I'd like to uh, make sure we talk with them. Paul Allen Billings, thank you for your time. I love
4: it. Yep. Thank you so much, Sherry. God all bless
1: right. you. Be safe now. Take care. Yeah. All right. Have fun. Take care. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. This is the week, School Counselors Week, officially February 5 through 9. And well, it's the, what day is it? The 8th. There we are. It highlights the vital contributions that school counselors across Michigan have made to students' academic journey, post graduation success, and of course, individual growth. Let's turn to you, Teresa Woods, your expertise now, Executive Director for Lighthouse Connections Academy. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Sally. Put you on the spot. Do you remember your school counselor uh, for uh, either of your uh, degrees? I actually
6: do. (laughs) And they were tremendously helpful in in navigating um, the different courses and the pathways and also to help with those angst that you get when you're wondering, Mm. am I really on the right path?
1: Yes. What is the role of today's school counselor?
6: Shelly, I will say that today's school counselors face a tremendous amount of pressure and additional responsibilities that were back in my day. Um, our school counselors now are not only dealing with the different landscapes of what's happening educationally, whether it is for our students going to higher education or, or pivoting into trade, um, entrepreneurship. So they're they're really trying to help navigate those students through those different pathways. But additionally, we all cannot um, turn a blind eye on what's happening with our emotional um, supports that our students are needing, and our counselors are having to really take on a lot of those challenges as well. So they really have a tremendous responsibility placed upon their shoulders.
1: Thank you for that. School Counselors Week, how important is this week and how should it be celebrated?
6: It should be screened from the rooftop (laughs) at every building. We need to really shower our school counselors with the um, appreciation that they they really deserve every day of the year. So if it's, you know, making sure that that we have treats for them, um, special shout outs, just really loving on them a lot during this week, making sure that everyone is aware of this so that it's not one of those things that kind of creep up on you. and You're like, oh, no. Um, we really have to be intentional right at the beginning of the year to making sure that we're planful, mindful of the things that are important to our uh, school counselors and really showering with that um, attention and, and well-deserved appreciation.
1: Tell us about your Michigan online school, Lighthouse Connections Academy. You, of course, the current executive director. And, of course, where does a school counselor fit in here?
6: So with Lighthouse Connections Academy, we are a virtual K-8, I'm sorry, virtual K-12 school system district and we are service students throughout the Michigan from the tippy-top um, of the UP right to the border of that state down below us Ohio mm-hmm. so we have students all all across the country all across the state so our school counselors fit in um, typically like a traditional school counselor all the things that you would imagine your school counselors are doing in brick and mortar. Our school counselors are doing just that same thing. They are helping our students navigate what courses they need to take, making sure that they're putting them on the correct path. They're navigating um, mental health issues with our students. They are also liaison between teachers and students and families. So they traditionally, all the responsibilities um, that a school counselor would have in your traditional brick and mortar, our school counselors are right in there. The only difference is you know they're they're working with our students either via the phone or they're working with our students virtually. but here at lighthouse, we have lots of opportunities for in person activities, so we really pride ourselves a lot in engagement so we're we're out there in the community. We're having our Saturday Success Labs, where our students that may be having a little difficulty can come in person and sit with teachers or counselors to to um, get themselves acclimated with the system or things that they're just having trouble with. We're having events. We had a bowling event last week and our students, our middle schoolers, were able to come in and bowl and then also just build those relationships and those connections. And our school counselors are really at the forefront of that at Lighthouse Connections Academy.
1: School Counselor Week—it's happening as we speak, this February five through nine. That does highlight the vital contributions, of course, school counselors do across Michigan. Whether it's your post-grad success, your academic journey, of course, your individual growth as well. With you, we discuss Executive Director Lighthouse Connections Academy Teresa Woods. Um, spoke earlier of the Jennifer Crumley case, obviously. Uh, um, uh, national news, uh, local news for sure. Does this, um, I mean, does, does this up a, a conversation when it comes to the importance of a school counselor?
6: I believe so. I think one of the things that it does highlight is the pivotal role that school counselors plays in the whole life of a child, um, making sure that We have our policies um, and procedures in place, make sure that everyone is really following those, making sure that we have good open lines of communication between our students and our families, um, between our staff and our families, so that everyone is on on the same page and we're all ready and able to jump in immediately when um, we see a student in crisis.
1: How does one become a school counselor these days?
6: Well, not to school lead, um, but yep. most, mostly students are um, able to become a school counselor, uh, by getting uh, a undergraduate degree and then you can get one in counseling or other disciplines sometimes students you know come in and they might get a general studies degree and think hey I need a I really would like to be a school counselor um, and then going into post-secondary uh, master's program to become certified as a school counselor and then there's a state certification that is also in addition to that so once they finish their postgraduate a master's program and get certified then they are ready to become a school counselor. Very nice.
1: How do we find out more information about your life at Lighthouse Connections Academy?
6: Oh, please visit us on our social media platforms at uh, Lighthouse Connections Academy, or you can visit our website at lighthouseconnectionsacademy.org and find out all about us. We do have open enrollment, so look for us. We are a K through twelve. Program, and we are here to serve the entire state of Michigan.
1: Service is key. Thank you for discussing cool School Counselors Week. I know your background uh, well, uh, expertise in as a former social worker, student mental health expert, and of course, now your leadership role. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much. Time to talk art a lot of artful fun things happening in ada so let's talk art let's talk ada and more i get the best on behalf of your talents president community on canvas oh my gosh story stroll care on canvas leadership on canvas parties around town overall good lady cynthia hagedorn good morning to you cynthia good morning Shelley. haley stitchman you've been here before downtown development authority director in the great world of ada good morning to you appreciate you with the microphone up. All right, how are things in Ada, Haley?
5: Things are great. We are kicking off a lot of um, planning for a lot of our summer events. Uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about things that are going on this winter and spring, so uh, lots happening.
1: Great. And of course uh, today being the, seventh, the eighth day of February, we are still early in the run, but yet uh, uh, planning important Brand, uh, you have Cynthia when it comes to art, of course. Uh, I should also put on your resume stellar artist as well. Tell us a little bit about uh, your love for art and the community.
0: Well, we have now launched Community on Canvas, which is a nonprofit. And so we are trying to do different art experiences throughout various towns and we're really excited to bring the launching of we're doing one that's a dinner party at Mud Penny and that's a Gustav Klimt experience. That one will be a lot of fun. That's a fundraiser so that we're, we're looking so that we can really raise friends awareness of what we do at Community on Canvas with painting with kids and adults and various health and life circumstances. And so that party, um, that dinner party at Penny is February 15th and it's from five to nine and it's $60. And that includes dinner and art and fabulous people around and just exploring the the uh, world of Gustav Klimt, the golden artists. And before we
1: go any further, because I want to get our calendars out, but uh, we are talking about all the artful fun things because it's a it's a partnership between you and your many talents, uh, Cynthia and Haley. Uh, the you know are are Ada hosting all this businesses as well.
5: So the events that the collaboration is, is our progressive tasting events. Um, And so Cynthia is spearheading the um, participation of our local businesses in in that collaboration.
1: Let's keep your hat on then, Cynthia. So February, we've got the 15th, a dinner taste party at mud penny in ada yes yes
0: bring me yeah go ahead it's it's the ambience of gustav klimt and you can look him up he's just as fabulous he painted adele and the tree of life and so these are paper art experiences that you would go into mud penny and you can create and nosh on some fabulous food it is a cash bar and it's the ambiance of the art um of Gustav Klimt and so that that is the um one the 15th of February and that's an immersive experience so yes. come to come to work yeah yeah, yeah fun yeah. 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 and then um the other art experience that we're doing is at Garage Bar, and that one is really geared towards families, kids, adults. It's a donation, a suggested donation of $10, and that's open-ended. That is more about, like, note cards and fun paper crafts, but there's not a theme at this point. And that is the first and the third Monday of every month, and it's from um, uh, 5 to 7, sorry, And so those are ongoing things. Those are the things that we're we're working within the community, bringing the arts in that various way for community on canvas. Uh, The bigger picture are some of the um, partnerships we're doing with the township, progressive tasting. And that one is coming up. And I can toss it off to Haley to talk a little bit more about that.
5: Yeah, so those are the fourth Thursday of every month We have registration and ticket sales open for February through May at this point. Um, So the upcoming tasting is on February 22nd. That uh, is, you buy tickets, they are $55. Uh, It's an all-inclusive experience with uh, at least three of our restaurants. And then you get to kind of peek into some of the retail along our walking tour. So this really gets people out into the community. It promotes our businesses and our, you know, that includes restaurant and retail. Um, And it really just provides a fun experience for the community to come out and support local.
0: Cynthia, haven't I been on one of these? You have. I did, and it was. You were so on fun. one of our
5: first ones.
0: Yes, you were, and they have just flourished, and I'm sure it's because yes. of you. No, yeah. I wasn't going there. It but was, I,
1: but I remember yeah. three establishments right in Ada. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, proprietors came and shared
0: their wares with us. Yes, there was wine,
1: there was food, uh, and there was conversation.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love about it is that anyone can come 21 years and older, but they come in, you know, a single person. uh, It can be a date night. It can be a girls' night out. It's just it's a really fun way to experience Ada. Learning about the restaurants, learning about the retail, learning about the footprint, wheelprint of the village, and you know, just being part of all of this great stuff that's happening in Ada. You can hear about the history of it and Pieces of trivia, fun things. So Haley,
1: the you just mentioned the one uh, in this this month, February twenty second, and then as I look in March, one, two, three, four, March twenty eighth, April, one, two, three, four, April twenty fifth. Yes. Yes. How does one get tickets for this?
5: So you can find tickets on our Facebook page. Um, We will be selling tickets through Eventbrite, uh, and it's a pretty simple process. So check us out on Facebook. Great.
0: And, uh, of course, for all of your events, where do we turn to? You can go to Facebook as well, Community on Canvas, and um, you can see all of the different events that are lined up. Well, I know uh, from uh, uh, my one
1: experience, uh, you have guest hosts, VIPs. uh, Who gets
0: uh, the call for February? We have the fabulous Randy Finch. He's with the Ice Guru. He is doing so many cool things within downtown Grand Rapids and all over. You can see him everywhere. He's just fabulous. And so he's going to be coming along as our VIP for this Progressive Tasting, February 22nd. And so you'll be able to rub shoulders with him and hear about all of the fabulous things that he's doing. Nice. And uh,
5: what's your handle again for this specifically? At, Ada, or at Progressive Tasting's Ada.
0: Right.
1: What, does the, what do these art events, this dinner taste party at Mudpenny, this art night at Garage Bar, these progressive tastings, I'm leading the question, what do they what do, they do for, our, for Ada?
5: Yeah, so this is really a part of how the Downtown Development Authority uh, supports our local businesses. So mm-hmm. it's really about getting people to come out and support local and also just enjoy the walkability of our community. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: What else do we need to know, Cynthia. Um, well, we're we're going to ask you right here on the spot if you will be one of our VIPs for one of the Progressive Tastings. Oh, wait, let, That's let, what let, we need let, to know. Let
1: me get out my kitten calendar here. Uh, I'm going to go to um, April, and it looks like April 25th in the evening. I'm free. We heard it live. We now have you on oh, the calendar. Oh, Lord Almighty. Thank okay. You, well, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, rarely I do, do I say no, but uh, <laughs> I know the power of this opportunity. So uh, we might talk again before that. Haley, how can the West Michigan community support ADA?
5: Yeah, come out to come out to these events. Uh, you know, come and support local in our community. Uh, follow us on Facebook uh, to see what we have going on. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And before I let you go, Cynthia, uh, again looking at your resume, how, you are serving Mary Free Bed Rehabilitation Hospital as their artist and resident. What does this mm-hmm. mean?
0: I provide that that's where in one of our principles for community on canvas is parties, parties around town. And so we provide art experiences for not only the patients, but for the families and the people that are involved with uh, Mary Freebed. So I am their official artist in resident and I only get the official. Hey, tonight there's a party, Galentine's?
5: Yes, yeah, Galentine's is happening in Ada tonight at 5 to 8 p.m. That's spearheaded by Discover Ada and our local businesses. Come out and enjoy. Let's
1: see, Galentine's. I don't think we need to explain it, but it is?
5: It is a, you know, event. We have Valentine's Day coming up. Um, so come out with your sweetheart or your friends, your girlfriends, uh, all are welcome.
1: And how would you describe your personal art, Cynthia? Abstract expressionism. <laughs> nice. All right, get her done. All right. Uh, again, uh, my best resources then for Ada is uh, at or
5: <laughs> Progressive Tastings Ada.
1: As many hats you wear. And Cynthia,
0: take us home with how to find out more about uh, your work. We can go on to community on canvas at Facebook. We're working on a website right now, and that is the umbrella for leadership on canvas for art prize care on canvas. For painting with kids and adults in various life and health circumstances we also have story stroll and that will be taking place in downtown grand rapids this fall and then finally and not least but the parties that are all around town at mud penny coming up and garage bar these progressive tastings would probably be considered the culinary party of things but there are various parties that are happening
1: See you for sure personally that fourth Thursday of April, but so much in between. Let's not rush life. Haley Stitchman, Downtown Development Authority Director for Ada Township. You, Cynthia Hagenorn, again, President, Community on Campus. Ladies, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Get your work done. Your inspiration for the day, how I like to close. According to Mark Twain, the worst loneliness is to not be comfortable with yourself. All right. Take that to the school counselor. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day. I'm Shelley Irwin.